All right, and welcome to the Blacklist Sessions. I'm very excited about the next guest we have today, marketing extraordinaire, Nick Bendel. How are you doing? Very good. Thank you, Jay. Thanks for having me, mate. Oh, happy to have you on. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you're the owner of Hunter and Scribe, uh, which is a marketing agency that does content marketing, uh, web development, and graphic design for small business. So, how did you get into that? Well, Jay, I used to be a journalist, a writer. I was involved in content marketing as an employee and really enjoyed it. But I've always had this entrepreneurial blood flowing through my veins and I always knew that sooner or later I'd start my own business. So, in kind of the middle of 2018, I finally made the jump and set up Hunter and Scribe. Fantastic. So, what do you think it was that really got you to take that leap? Because, yeah, you said you were a journalist. Now, how did you go from there to going, you know what, I'm starting my own thing? (laughs) Well, I... Maybe the real question, Jay, is why I didn't do it years earlier because it was Mm -hmm. maybe 20 years in the making and from maybe when I was in high school or uni, I'd always wanted to have a business. I'd always been interested in business but for many years, fear held me back and also not being entirely sure what I wanted to sell. Did I want the business to be selling X or Y or Z Mm -hmm. or whatever? So, it took a long time. I wish I'd done it years earlier. Yeah, it is one of those things where it does take a, a bit of time, I guess, to find the the thing that you're really passionate about and the thing that you really want to, uh, you know, put out into the world. I know for myself, you know, it took uh, quite a bit of time to really settle on uh, on video and and found out through just working in the music industry and uh, and doing a lot of shows and being a musician that I just fell in love with shooting videos mm-hmm. as well. You know, it was such a, a great change from uh, going, I guess, from creating sonically to creating visually. Mm-hmm. It's interesting because whether it's audio or video, Jay, they're both forms of artistry and creativity and different forms of artistry and creativity are going to appeal to different people. Now, it sounds like with you, the video just really grabbed you by the scruff of the neck. Yeah, and I felt um, like for myself, there was such a need in the market for for video as well. Like... um there wasn't much competition in the space, so I just had to come and uh, <laughs> shake that up a little bit. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so running your own business is, is quite a bit different to working for someone. Uh, what's some of the things that have been kind of like the learning curve for you? <laughs> Where do I begin? The, the, <laughs> so, the number one thing, being an employee has its pros and cons. Being an entrepreneur has its pros and cons. With When you're an employee, you have a, a very narrow role and anything that falls outside that role, not your problem. <laughs> Not my problem. <laughs> exactly. And But when you're an entrepreneur, when you own a business, everything is your problem and you encounter obstacles all the time. And at that point, you have two options. You can either say, too hard, I'm going to let this obstacle defeat me or you try to think your way around a problem. And when you think your way around a problem, and that's the option I choose, it just forces you to learn new skills. So, to go back to what you asked earlier, Jay, what have I learned? I come across new obstacles every few days and every few days, therefore, I'm learning some sort of new skill to think my way around those obstacles. Yeah, I think uh, that's that's something I love the most about business is the accountability. Like, if something mm. goes wrong, then <laughs> you, you got to fix it. <laughs> I, I Yeah, I love the accountability. So, if my business succeeds, it's all because of me. If mm. it fails, it's all because of me. When you're an employee, you can do everything right and the business can still fail or you can do everything <laughs> wrong and the business can still succeed. But as business owners, Jay, it's all on us. Yes, 100%. So, um. I guess the the next question I wanted to ask was, let's say I'm running a small business. Why do I need marketing? Why is that important? Well, marketing is only important if you want to make sales. (laughs) It's kind of important, isn't it? (laughs) So, if you're one of those businesses that doesn't want to make any sales and is happy to go bust, then you don't need marketing. So, sales is the number one activity of any business, no matter what industry you're in. It's a 10 out of 10 activity. 
And then the question, Jay, is what drives sales? Well, that's marketing. So if mm. sales is the number one activity, if that's a 10 out of 10 activity, marketing is the number two activity. That's a nine and a half out of 10 activity. As a general rule, and this is a big generalization, the more marketing you do, the more sales you make. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Um, so, you, you chose to smoke, uh, focus mostly on small business. Uh, mm. Was there a reason behind that? I, I think small business has the biggest need for this sort of service. So, my mm. agency, Hunter & Scribe, we specialize in content marketing. And when you're a big business, you tend to bring writers in-house to do your content marketing for you. But mm-hmm. if you're a small business, you can't afford to hire writers. So, you mentioned with the video that there was this gap in the market. And I yeah. guess there's a bit of a gap in the market too for, for content marketing. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Now, I love content <laughs> marketing. I think it is the best thing Ever And it's led to a, a lot of sales, a very, very significant portion of the sales within my business. I think probably even more in the beginning, uh, more than word of mouth, to be honest, as great as that is, um, you know, the, the content side and showing people. I think is incredibly important. And um, I noticed on LinkedIn, um, you're, you're always putting out a lot of fantastic tips about how small businesses can do things better. And I think that's a great way of just showing people uh, rather than telling them like what, what to do, basically. Jay, there are thousands of content marketing agencies you can use. So, then how am I going to stand out from that very crowded field? And one of the points of marketing is to stand out. And if mm someone running a marketing agency doesn't know how to stand out, then I guess we've got a problem. So, <laughs> Yes. <laughs> that, that is kind of a big problem. <laughs> it, it is a slightly big problem. So, the way to stand out, the way you stand out with your brilliant content is you do things differently from others. You provide helpful information. You showcase your personality. You keep getting in front of people day after day after day after day after day. And if you do that, bit by bit, you attract attention and you develop a reputation. Yeah, I think that's such a big part of it because um, obviously, there's there's quite a few different video companies uh, in, in Australia that people could go with. Uh, but the important thing that I really focus on is when I'm shooting with people is I want to give them ex- an experience. I want them to have the best fun mm-hmm. ever and I just want to absolutely nail that product. Like, that is an that is an absolute given. But it's more, um, I think, not more, but just as important is the experience that people are having such a great fun, like do, doing their video shoots. I think that's absolutely paramount. And I feel that would be the same for a lot of different industries as well. You want to have um, your customers having a great experience and having a great time and, uh, you know, just having fun working with great people. I think ideally, for the customers, using your business should be enjoyable, not like a trip to the dentist, unless, of course, you are a dentist. <laughs> unless you love the dentist, <laughs> if you're a bit of a weirdo. <laughs> so, I, I love the fact, Jay, that you focus on giving your clients all that fun. And when I see your content, which is brilliant, I always get that sense of fun coming through. And I think that's a brilliant point of difference because if I'm looking for a video guy and I know that, hey, if I use Jay, it's going to be fun, it's going to be exciting, it's going to be high quality, well, naturally, I'm going to be drawn to you. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I do put a lot of effort into the, the socials because I think it is a really important thing because it is a reflection at the end of the day on my brand. So, I want to make sure that my content is of a standard where I'm incredibly happy and I'd be happy to, to, to deliver that to a client as well. Um, basically, every single photo um, and video that I've posted either on my Instagram feed, LinkedIn, on Facebook, it's all been shot 
on a proper camera, shot raw, edited in a proper photo uh, editing program and then posted because I want to make sure that there's a real attention to detail because I want clients to see exactly that, that I'm going to take a lot of attention to detail to their projects as well. So, that's really interesting, Jay. So, you're a video guy. So, it makes sense that your videos have to be first rate. Mm. So, my business, Hunter and Scribe, we don't do video. So, and I would say to the other business owners listening to this, I don't think your content, for example, if it's video, needs to be perfect. It needs to mm. be perfect if you're a video guy. Yes. <laughs> but but if you're just an ordinary business owner, it doesn't need to be perfect. It just needs to be good enough. My business, Hunter and Scribe, we sell writing. So, when we put out writing, our writing needs to be perfect. But mm-hmm. if you're a business owner listening to this and you're doing blogs or social media posts, your writing doesn't need to be perfect. It just needs to be good enough. So, I would encourage all the business owners out there, just put out content. Don't focus. Don't obsess with making it perfect. Just focus on making it good enough. Yeah, I think that's a really good um, point, which uh, which Gary Vee has raised a lot of times as well, where he'll say, you know, just get content out there because who really decides what is quality content? Like, I know for myself, like, what a quality photo looks like, what a quality video looks like. But more importantly, across a number of different other industries, it's the information that you're delivering. As long as you can understand the audio and you have a great message, then that really, at the end of the day, is the key thing. Yeah, I I think the message is far more important than how it's delivered. As long as the the video, for example, is good enough, that's fine. So, I put out daily videos and my videos in production terms aren't anywhere near as good as your videos, Jay, but my audience wouldn't expect that because I'm not a video guy. My videos are good enough and then they're judging the videos based on the message. And yes. I think as long as your video or, or your audio or your writing is good enough, then as long then it's all about the message. Yeah, I guess the best thing is to just start and then then mm. see what works. See what your your followers are really wanting from you. Um, you know, obviously for me they come to look at photos <laughs> and and kind of see what's going on. And uh, I guess when they when they come to your page they be they be looking for great marketing tips of how they can improve mm. their business. Yeah, I, I I think that's spot on. So for me they're looking for for information and then maybe second to that they're looking for high quality writing and as long as i've got high quality information high quality writing the rest of it doesn't have to be perfect it just has to be Mm. good enough yeah so with your content what are some of the um i guess forms that you use do you use a lot a lot of video photos Mm. like a lot of um like text what what do you find is the best way for you to go about um i guess growing what you're doing well for for my business I find that the best way to promote my business is with video. Mm-hmm. Now, for, for our clients, we tend to do more written-based content, blogs, mm-hmm. social media posts, ebooks. But for my own business, Hunter and Scribe, I find that video works the best because when, you, when you're actually looking at someone, it allows you to build trust and connection with that person so much faster than mm. if you're reading one of their blogs or one of their social media posts. So, as much as I love writing as a former journo, I find that videos get much more cut through than the blogs that I write. Yeah, I think that's a fantastic point too. And that's why I try to spend a lot of time in front of the camera because I want um, like basically the music industry to kind of know me as a person mm. and get to know the journey because uh, that way they feel more comfortable. Yeah, so there were two things I really picked up on in what you just said, Jay. So, first, when people see your great videos, yes, they are getting to know you. So, they'll 
they're building a relationship with you before they even meet you and that makes them want to engage with you. But then you also mentioned your story. So because you're putting your story out there, they're building an emotional connection with you. And again, that makes them feel like they're in a relationship with you before they've even met you. Yeah, I think that's such an important thing because people talk about, uh, you know, how's the world going to change? You know, how's it going to be different in five years? How's it going to be different in 10 years? But there's, there's a great quote which Jeff Bezos uh, said, and he said, what's not going to change in the next 10 years? And it really is that personal connection because at the end of the day, everyone's a human, everyone connects with other humans. So, if you can find a way, I guess, to, to create that connection, like obviously, it's impossible to do it in person because, you know, people have lives and they have <laughs> things to do all the time. Uh, but if you can connect with them in video, I think that's the, the next best step. It's interesting that personal connection, Jay, because... I think personal connection has never been more important. Mm. As we move away from personal connection, as everything goes increasingly online, those fewer personal connections that you have, they seem more important and Mm. more profound. So, if you can build a personal connection with people, I think from a business perspective, it has never been more powerful. It, yeah, it's so true because people just crave it. And, mm. and we live in such a world where we're so isolated and, you know, there's a push to work from home and it's mm. just been easier because of the internet. You know, it feels like there, there really is a craving online for people to find uh, like-minded people that they can connect with. And, uh, you know, if you can... Um, create a relationship and give people some great value with what you're saying, then, you know, you can build a a, a transactional relationship there. We're all looking for some sort of connection and we all want to belong to something bigger than ourselves. Mm. And there are some people, for example, who are country music fans. So, they're in the country music tribe and that's not everyone and that's fine. And then there are some people who like a particular sporting team and that's not everyone, that's fine. But we all want to be in tribes and we all want to live the values of that tribe and speak that Mm. language. So, I feel like if you're a business or if you're uh, just an employee, if you're looking to build a brand, it's great if you can find a way to connect to members of your tribe. If you can show them that you have the same values and you're speaking the same language, they're going to gravitate towards you. Yeah, that's a fantastic point. And I, th- I think that's probably one of the good things of the internet mm-hmm. is, uh, you know, if, if you go back, say, a thousand years, you were kind of limited to your little area. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you wanted to go somewhere else, it was going to take take days. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, we, we had cars and that made things significantly easier. But even more now, you can connect with people across the other side of the world. Like, the internet still blows my mind. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy that I can get on a, a, a Skype call and do a podcast uh, with someone in the UK uh, completely on the other side of the world in real time and share those ideas. Like, that just still blows my mind. (laughs) It is amazing. And when you're looking at them, Jay, does it does it feel like you're having an actual face-to-face connection? It does. And that's the craziest part mm. about it, hey? <laughs> yeah, I, I think our brains, we've got these ancient primitive brains and our brains aren't yet wired to accept that this sort of technology exists. So, if we someone see someone on our screen, our brain just thinks that we're having a face-to-face connection with it, with that mm. person, and I think processes that accordingly. Yeah, definitely. I'm really excited for the future. I, I love technology, and I just can't wait to see where it goes. So I, th- I foresee good things. You know, as much doom and gloom as there is in the world, and, you know, every day there's this war and there's this virus or whatever, I think I, I'm excited. I'm excited for the future. It's also possible, Jay, that in 10 years, 
a robot will be hosting the podcast and a robot will be the guest. (laughs) (laughs) I believe it, you know, one day, (laughs) you know, I I really believe what Elon Musk says, you know, I think we're going to have to merge. We're going to have to merge with AI if we want to keep up because some of the technology, because I I have a lot of friends that work in the field and and do all the like cutting edge research on AI and it's insane. Like some of the things that computers are capable of and it's only just going to increase exponentially. I'm I'm one of these people who's incredibly optimistic about the future and incredibly excited about where we're going. But I think going back to what you said earlier, Jay, for the foreseeable future at least, nothing will be able to beat that human connection. Yeah, I don't think it ever will. You know, compu- it it'll be very interesting to see how well AI can work the subtleties of human conversation and connection. Um, it's a, it's an area that I think I'm undecided about at the moment. I'm sure maybe one day it'll get there, but you know, it's it's so complicated the intricacies intricacies of human connection. So I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> we'll definitely see. I'm excited to see what happens. Yeah. So um, you've talked a lot about uh, content. So something else that I wanted to discuss was how important do you think like having a strong brand is for a business? Like if a business um, you know, hasn't spent much time on their logo or they they haven't spent much time on like uh, branding colors or anything like that, um, how do you think that Im- impacts the business? I think, so the word you use, Jay, brand, I think that's the key word. So, a brand can involve colors, it can involve Mm. logo, but you you don't, it's not essential to have great colors or a great logo to have a great brand. For a great brand, you need some sort of story because all our customers are telling a story about us behind our back Mm. and it could be, oh, that guy, Jay, he's so fun to work with. So, that's the story they're telling about you or it might be, Oh, that business hunter and scribe, they just, you know, they make things so stress-free for us. That's the story hopefully our customers are saying about us. But our customers are telling a story about us and that story is our brand. And our logo and our colors can influence that story. But ultimately, we need a story. And hopefully, it's a positive story. Hopefully, it's a story suggesting that they should want to do business with us and they should want to refer their friends and family. So, I think it's not so much a logo or colors that businesses need. I think it's a brand and a brand really is just a story. Yeah, I I think that's a fantastic way of putting it because I guess at the crux of it, humans really relate to stories. Like if you look at a lot of other cultures around the world, the way they transmit knowledge is through stories. And uh, some of the most successful movies of all time, like say The Lion King, Hercules, like all those Disney movies, they're all like archetypes that they really speak to the base of us as as a human through through story. So, I guess, yeah, that's a, a fantastic point. If you can create a great story, then that's going to, I guess, bring people along to your journey. And who are some of the highest paid people in the world? It's movie stars. And how mm. do we relax? We put on the TV and we watch stories. We put on the news. What's the news? The news is just a collection of 60-second stories. We read the newspaper, stories. We pick up a book, stories. We love stories. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Okay, so let's say that I'm starting a small business. Mm. I've got a fantastic idea. I'm really clear of what I want to do. The first thing I should do is contact Hunter and Scribe. <laughs> <laughs> but then the second thing, what should I do? Well, so, again, I would say sales is more important than marketing. Marketing helps you make sales, but sales is the number one activity. So, you need to know what you're selling and who you're going to be selling it to. And then the next question is, okay, well, I know what I'm selling. I know who I'm selling it to. How do I get those people to know about me and care about me? That's where marketing comes in. There are different ways you can do that. You can do 
cold calling, which mm-hmm. can be very effective. You can do networking or face-to-face marketing, as I call it. You can send emails to people. You can do social media posts. But you need to work out how you're going to get your target market to know about you and care about you. Mm. Yeah, that's that's a really good point because, yeah, it's one thing to know about it, but then that second part, the caring about it is is really important. And that's I guess that's something that I faced a little bit when I, I first started video because um, initially I started as a musician and uh, was doing a lot of gigs and was known uh, for having like songs on the radio and whatnot. And then I, I started to move into the video sector and for the first probably three or four months, people are like, what's what's this all about? You know, some people come up to me a year later and they're like, oh, my God, I just can't believe this journey. Like, at the beginning, like, I just thought it was a joke. <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, like, fo- following that, like, uh, I guess, you know, I continued to put out all of that content and then people started to care more and more because it was a, a viable option that could have been a better one than the ones that were currently available. I like to use the analogy, Jay, you've got to fill the bathtub one drop at a time. So, Mm. I meet someone, they say, what do you do? I have a marketing agency, Hunter and Scribe. And you can see the look on their face. So what? Mm -hmm. And so, just because they know about me doesn't mean they care. And even if they need a marketing agency, why at that point would they choose me rather than any of the thousand other options? So, Mm -hmm. getting them to know about you is the first step, but you then need to get them to care about you. And I think that goes back to what you said a moment ago, which is you just have to keep, keep getting in front of people day after day after day. And you have to keep proving your value day after day after day. So, initially, when you went to video, people didn't know what to make of it. But when you kept showing up day after day after day and proving your value day after day after day, eventually, the message sunk in and people realized this guy, Jay, is serious and this guy, Jay, is quality. I know and I care. Yes. Value value is such an important word. And it's something that I always try and keep central to what I do in my business is that I'm delivering the highest quality that I possibly can so that people are getting the most value for their money. Because everyone knows videos, um, if you're getting them done professionally, they're not the cheapest thing in the world. But the power um, of a good video, of a really high quality cinematic video, especially for um, people that are selling to consumers directly, is so powerful. And that's the reason why so many companies like, say, Apple, you know, Tesla, you name it, they spend so much money on developing quality video. Um, And I find that's incredibly important, especially when you're selling to consumers, which which an artist is. I I think video is such a massive untapped opportunity for all the businesses out there. So, again, movie stars are some of the highest paid people in the world Mm. because we love watching movies. And we spend so much of our time on YouTube, which is just short videos. And increasingly, TikTok is incredibly popular because even if it's just 10-second videos, we just love videos. So, if you can produce high-quality video... It really gives your business an opportunity to differentiate itself from all your rivals and to cut through with all those customers. Yeah. So, what do you think is some good advice to help a business stand out against their competitors? Like, what would you suggest that they do so that they can get more visibility and people are kind of checking them out over everyone else? Well, if I'm being maybe a little bit mischievous, I would say just do the opposite of whatever your rivals are doing (laughs) because then you're immediately standing out. What... We have this, most people have this kind of psychological war going on in our head, which is on the one hand, we all want to be special, which means standing out. But Mm. on the other hand, we all want to be part of a community and something bigger, which means fitting in. And the problem is you can't stand out by blending in. You can't be extraordinary by being ordinary. Mm. 
if you want to attract attention, by definition, you need to look different from all the others. And that's going to differ from industry to industry. But whatever your rivals are doing, you should not be doing that if you want to stand out. Because if you look just like them, why would anyone choose you? Yeah, I guess zig when everyone else zags. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and I think that that's a fantastic piece of information because you can see that play out in this world. Like, for example, uh, Tesla just announced the Cybertruck, which was the most insane looking <laughs> thing ever. Have you seen it? I have, yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> so, everyone's developing these sleek looking trucks and then Tesla comes out with this polygon. <laughs> But you know what? I think it's fantastic. I really love it because it's just so different to everything else that's out there. Everything about Tesla is different, which is why Musk is such a great marketer. And there's a story behind Tesla. Tesla Mm. is the company of the future. They're exploring new technologies. They're doing exciting new things. Now, you can love Tesla or you can hate Tesla, but we all know Tesla and we all know what they stand for. It's such a powerful thing they're doing in terms of marketing. Yeah, it really is. And and as as you said, people either really love Tesla or they hate it, but I guarantee they're talking about yes. it. So, what would you say to, say, a business owner um, who, who's getting a lot of love, but he's also getting a lot of criticism mm-hmm. as well? Like, what would you, you say to them? That can be tough psychologically. I would say... The moment you stand out, you run the risk of attracting that sort of negative attention. The one way not to get that sort of attention is to blend in. But the moment you blend in, well, why would anyone choose you? So, unfortunately, the moment you become conspicuous, you invite negative attention from negative people with nothing better to do from trolls. I don't want to give psychological advice to people, but I'll (laughs) just say it's just a simple reality that if you want to stand out, unfortunately, you have to accept that negative comment comes par Mm. par for the course. Yeah, it's all all part of the equation, I guess, you know, as as long as people are talking and, you know, Mm. you you feel really strongly in your message and what your business is doing, then that's the most important thing. It it is. And again, to, to what I said earlier, the only way to avoid that is just to be ordinary. And if you're ordinary, well, you're just going to get the same results as everyone else. If you want to get great results, you need to stand out. It's a sad reality of our world that so many people, when they see others standing out, they feel jealous, they feel insecure, they try to drag down that person, they instinctively say negative things about that person. If you get that sort of criticism, maybe you should think to yourself, this person, this is a weak, sad person who's got nothing better to do other than to attack people who are more successful than them. Yeah, I think you're right. It's very much a reflection, I guess, on them. Mm. And I think um, people probably put too much weight into comments in general. Like, I feel some people, um, they they really, you know, the heart on the sleeve kind of types where they, they get a lot of positive comments that makes them feel <laughs> so great. And then they get a couple of negative ones that just destroys mm. them. I, I just think you have to desensitize yourself a little bit to that kind of thing because you can't take too much weight in the positive comments and then you can't take too much weight in the negative um, comments and then you're not going to get those those big big emotional sways. It's funny. So, you can post a bit of content, you can get a hundred positive comments and then one negative comment and you immediately <laughs> forget the positive ones and it's all doom and gloom and I guess we're, we're wired that way. You just, it's easier said than done but you just have to find a way to ignore the haters. But also, I think what you said, Jay, you can't let the positive comments go to your head either. We're probably never as good as we think we are or as bad <laughs> as we think we are. Yes, definitely. That's that's a great point. So, um, do, is most of, the stu- most of the advertising uh, that you help uh, businesses with online now? 
Yeah, it's almost all online. So we're helping people with online blogs, online social media posts, online website copy, ebooks, which are also online. Every now and then, people want to do something print related, but most of it is online. Yeah, fair enough. See, from from my perspective, I'm sure there's some people which will get really mad at this next comment, but I feel like print is a, a waste of time at this point. <laughs> um, I think even TV advertising, to some extent is a waste of time because if you um, I, you could just take a random survey of people uh, from households, I guarantee if they're watching a show and the commercial break comes on, the first thing they're going to do is they're going to pick up the phone and start looking <laughs> at it. <laughs> I, see, I, I agree with you on TV. I, I, am, I do disagree though with print. Mm-hmm. I think print can work really well because now hardly anyone's using it. So, it's a great way to stand out. That doesn't mean that every bit of print will stand out. It has to be the right bit of print at the right time. But the letterbox has never been emptier. Before the internet, we would get home from school or work and our letterbox would be stuffed full of direct mail. Now there's hardly anything. So you've got more chance to stand out. But with TV, the moment an ad comes on, we get up, we make a cup of tea or we play on our phones and it's kind of a one-size-fits-all audience too with TV. So I'm not a fan of TV either. Mm, yeah. Well, I guess that's a good point about print. I guess um, that print has the problem also of having, you know, it's, it's a nondescript audience as well. Um, and I think that's the fant- fantastic thing about like digital marketing and, and everything in that space is that you can target down to the exact person that you want to reach. So, what do you think is one of the biggest mistakes when it comes to small businesses and their marketing? I would say, Jay, the biggest mistake I see is that small businesses want to blend in and I understand it because it can be so hard to try to separate yourself from the herd. You make yourself a target for haters the moment you do that. So, they think it's safer if I just look and sound like everyone else. But the problem with looking and sounding like everyone else is how will people know you exist? And even if they do know you exist, why would they choose you? If the whole point of doing marketing is to attract attention and you can't attract attention by blending in, you only attract attention by standing out. Yep. So, definitely standing out, not blending in. And I guess uh, just not creating is probably another big thing. Oh, that is another huge mistake. So, another big mistake people make with marketing is not actually doing it. <laughs> um, so, I I like to say, and I, I understand that I'm a self-interested party, so maybe take this with a grain of salt, but I think people should be doing marketing every single day because building you do marketing to build trust and credibility and brand recognition, but those things take a long time to build. You have to keep getting in front of people day after day after day. So, yes, just do the marketing, people. <laughs> yeah, well, that's a, that's a really good lead into the next question that I was going to ask. So, let's say I'm a business owner and I mm. want to do video marketing and I want to get the message out there like that, but I hate being in front of the camera. It's just not my thing. So, what, what would you say to someone that feels that way? I have this conversation a lot with people because funnily enough, a lot of people who contact me asking for marketing advice, I tell them, look, we're happy to do written content for you, which involves you, Mr. Client, giving us money. But I reckon you can do more effective marketing by not paying us a cent. And that is by doing video marketing. I advise them, don't pay us a cent. Instead, just take your phone or buy some sort of recording device and record yourself doing short videos. And the moment I tell people this, they (gasps) react with horror. That is exactly how they react. Was they're so terrified of the camera. So I then follow up with a bit of advice. I set them a 30-day challenge. And most people, I should say, don't take me up on the 30-day challenge, but here it is. I say to these people, record 30 videos in 30 days. They should all be under 60 seconds. It's just you speaking to the camera. 
and don't publish any of these videos and don't show any of these videos to anyone. Mm -hmm. These are for your eyes only. When you start with your first video, you will feel so awkward. You will feel so bad. You will feel so useless. That's why you don't want to show anyone the video. (laughs) But with every passing day, you're going to get more and more comfortable. You're also going to realize that you can think of ideas to talk about. And by day 30, you're going to feel so much better than you did on day one. Once you get to day 30, if at that point you're feeling comfortable, at that point you should then start publishing videos for real. Yeah. Something that uh, I've got an experience with with that sort of thing as well because I understand the power of like using video to market Mm. and um, I I have a gym that I I train at Mm. and um, similar thing like not super comfortable (laughs) in front of the camera kind of like oh and uh, I've mentioned every now and then because they're like oh you know we want to get more people here and I said hey just start (laughs) putting some videos out and um, they had a competition coming up um, which is just like a CrossFit one and they wanted to get people from a whole heap of different gyms to come and compete so I said you know, just give it a go. And uh, <laughs> so, the uh, the trainer, I saw the next uh, couple of days, they had a couple of videos up on Instagram um, on, on the stories and they were kind of standing there a little bit awkward. <laughs> but the fantastic thing was they did it and the response was fantastic. Ah, uh-huh, there you go. So, the moment they did that, I guess they differentiated themselves from, from the others. They attracted attention. They allowed potential customers to build a relationship with them they formed that emotional connection so i'm not surprised they got that cut through that's the power of video yeah well i think a really good way to describe it is what what do you hate more do you hate not having money or do you hate being on camera (laughs) for some people it's being on camera (laughs) it's so funny (laughs) yeah great okay so um I understand that you've got a really great project that you're doing at the moment where you're meeting uh, 500 different people and having 500 lunches. So, uh, I was hoping you could tell me a little bit more about that. Yeah, Jay, this one's interesting. So, I've got this thing where I'm having lunch with 500 strangers in five years. So, that's about 100 a year or two a week. And actually, yesterday, I had lunch number 53. So, I met stranger number 53. And I started, uh, I think, about five and a half months ago. And even though I've only had 53 lunches, so I'm 10% of the way there, I already feel like these lunches have changed my life. Yeah, how so? Well, I'm meeting some incredible people, people who I wouldn't ordinarily meet. And we're having these incredibly deep conversations and I'm, I'm forming really strong connections, not with everyone, but with quite a few of these people. Mm-hmm. And I'm getting some really interesting life advice and business advice from a lot of these people. And I feel like these stranger lunches that I've had, they've really expanded my mind and they've really allowed me to understand that we're all capable of achieving so much more than we think we can. Yeah, it's very true because uh, people have so many different perspectives mm. and you know different ways of looking at the world. So, the more information that you can, can garner and share, then that can only be a good thing. Uh, it's amazing what, when you sit down with a complete stranger, someone you think you might not have anything in common with and you just start talking, It's amazing the way you can sometimes connect and it's amazing the life lessons you can get from some of these people. Yeah, that's awesome. So, what are some of the most interesting people that you think you've met on this journey so far? I've met some absolute amazing people. Um, So, I I remember meeting this great bloke, Nadish, who uh, he grew up in Sri Lanka. At the time, he became the youngest maritime captain in Sri Lankan history. He told me a couple of fascinating stories at the time that he was attacked by Somalian pirates, for example. 
or uh, the time his ship crashed into another ship and I think maybe 11 or 12 people on the other ship died. Um, I remember meeting this great bloke, Mario, who uh, <laughs> a former counterintelligence operative, fought in the Yugoslav Wars, wounded three times. He had an amazing story. Um, I've met people who have... Uh, have done some incredible travels connected with some amazing people um i my very first lunch the person who inspired me a woman named kaylee she actually had a hundred lunches with strangers in 2018 and she's now going and giving all these keynote speeches and and she's written a book and so she inspired me also i'm meeting all these great people yeah that's fantastic uh and and really everyone has a story everyone has a unique story to tell and you know that's something i think everyone could incorporate into their business journey the more people you meet and the more conversations you have and the more open your mind is to learning from these other people, the more incredible things I think are going to come your way. Definitely. A hundred percent. So, um, what do you think are some of the biggest struggles that you've had with starting your business? Where has it been a point where you're like, man, this is, this is really difficult? <laughs> <laughs> I would say every problem I have has been an internal problem. It has been about me not being good enough at that moment to do what needed to be done. So, I never, for example, say, oh, you know, my staff or, oh, my customers or uh, <laughs> bloody customers or, you know, the bloody tax department. Why do they take so much oh, tax? Oh, my God, <laughs> my pain. <laughs> it, it's always internal. Anything that goes wrong ultimately is my fault. And so, the struggles that I've had, Jay, is that I haven't been good enough at the time. So, I haven't been good enough at the time to convince customers that they should use Hunter and Scribe. I haven't been good enough at the time to communicate clearly the value that we could offer. I haven't been good enough at the time to get in front of enough potential customers. I haven't been good enough at the time to properly structure my business so that when we win work, we can do it efficiently. Every problem we've had, and we've had a lot of problems, <laughs> they've all been because I haven't been good enough at the time. Yeah, I think that's a great way of looking at it too because you can control yourself, but you can't control anything mm. else that happens around you. Um, so, it's it's really the only way that you can get things to change and improve. Jay, we live in the most incredible land of opportunity. So, if you're unlucky enough to be born, say, in Syria or Afghanistan, you might do everything right, but mm. just because you're in a country where it's just so poor and so corrupt and you've got all this fighting, you can still have a bad life. Mm -hmm. But in a country like Australia, you just are, you're in complete control of your destiny. And if you work hard enough, if you persevere long enough, all of us are capable of having massive success. So if something if you're not having success right now, as tough as this may be to hear, Ultimately, it's your fault. Yeah, so I think that's a really interesting point that you raised. Uh, like, ownership is something I'm really big on. Um, and I had on the podcast a few weeks ago uh, Priscilla, who's uh, writing educational books for kids, and she's very big in the health space. And um, she she's really big on people living a healthy lifestyle and just, uh, you know, eating healthy and, you know, being a healthy weight, all those kind of things. And I know for myself, because uh, a lot of time as entrepreneurs and business owners, we're quite, quite busy and especially especially for me, like being out on the road, it's very easy to fall into the trap of getting a lot of fast food. Um, so, I was talking to this about her on the podcast and at the end of the day, it all comes back to ownership. It's like, do you want things to change or do you want them to stay the same? And that was something that I think, yeah, I talk about this a lot. I've taken a lot of ownership in my business and I've taken a lot of ownership um, in other areas of my life. 
time for me to drop seven kilos, which I've done. And I've probably got about another seven to go. Um, but really, at the end of the day, it's upskilling. It's taking that ownership and doing what you need to do to be successful. And what's great, the moment you tell yourself that, Jay, is the moment you have all the power. Because if you say, I can't be successful or I can't be happy unless the government or society or this person or that person does a particular thing, you're surrendering your power to someone else. But the moment you say, I'm in full control of my destiny, you have all the power and all the control. And that's such a satisfying place to be. It really is. And I see it so much now in this world. There's such a victimhood complex with so many people. They, they just put their hands up and they go, well, I can't do anything because it's society's fault or it's this person's fault or it's that person's fault. And it's such a terrible way of looking at the world. Like you really need to take ownership of your own life or you're just going to get given what you're given. If, uh, if you're in a terrible part of the world, say Syria or Afghanistan, that may very well be the case. If you're in a country like Australia, a free, rich country where you can do what you like, I think we're basically all in charge of our destiny in a place like Australia. 100%. 100%. So, um, I know that you uh, you said in the bio that you like to travel a little bit. Mm-hmm. So, uh, what are some of the places around the world that you've been? Well, I when I was young, so when I had a, a bit more hair on me, Jay, mm-hmm. I, uh, I, I did three big trips. I spent seven months traveling in Europe and seven, 11 months backpacking around in Latin America. And then after that, I did my third big trip, which I think about every day. I spent 33 months uh, traveling around Australia, sleeping in my car, actually. <laughs> and uh, that that was just the most incredible trip. I got back 15 years ago, but I still think about it every day. Oh, the experiences that you would have got on, on those kind of trips, there'd just be nothing like it. Oh, so, so, I'd always loved Australia, but when you just travel throughout Australia, it makes you appreciate the country even more. And one of the big lessons I'd learned, so I'd, I'd barely seen any part of Australia before then, and I'm a Sydney boy, and this may shock you, Jay, but it turns out that people outside Sydney aren't actually like people inside Sydney, and they... <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was a big shock to me. I just assumed we were all the same, but yep. it turns out that people outside Sydney know they're different, and they've got mm. different values and different beliefs, and they don't think Sydney is the centre of the world. That was a really big lesson. <laughs> <laughs> Very much so, and that's one of the things that I really love about my job is that I get to travel a lot. We, we get to go out in country Australia to all of these rural towns and meet some incredible people. They're some of the nicest people you'll ever meet and so generous and so generous with their time. You know, like you finish shooting, the first thing they'll do is they'll throw a beer straight at you. Like, here you go. <laughs> so, uh, I think that's fantastic and and... I think traveling is a really important part of learning who you are as a person and understanding perspective a lot more, especially if you can travel around the world because cultures are so different, even within the Western world, like the amount of differences in culture between Australia and America and, and Europe and all of the countries that are in Europe is, is quite remarkable. I think, Jay, any experience that forces you to see things from another person's perspective and to try to understand another person's life forces you to learn and to grow as a person. Definitely, definitely. So, um, has your marketing journey taken you anywhere outside (laughs) of Sydney? No, we do have clients outside Sydney and actually a couple of clients internationally also. Mm -hmm. But when, when I set up the business about 18 months ago, I deliberately set it up in such a way that it wasn't location dependent. So, it was something, even though I'm based in Sydney, I could be doing it 
from Bali. I could be doing it from Afghanistan. Smart. If I wanted. <laughs> it makes it scalable. It does. <laughs> and uh, yeah, you know, being able to travel um, all around the world at the same time is a, a pretty good thing too. You know, like um, if I didn't have to shoot and I was just editing, I could do it literally from Bali and, you know, maybe that'd be nice. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of the great things about technology. We've, we've got those benefits. Yeah, fantastic. Um, so, what are some of your future goals for Hunter and Scribe? What are you looking to do in the future? My future goals are I, I want this to be a massive business. So, mm-hmm. I, I want it to be a $10 million plus business and I figure this business can be as big and as successful as I want. It's just about me working hard and working out solutions to the 10,000 problems that stand between me and that goal. Yeah, fantastic. So, uh, growing the business is a big one. Did you have any other ambitions uh, with your life that you were hoping to do in the next five, ten years? Uh, well, I, I, I'm just I'm obsessed about this business. I, I think about it all the time. I, I've got this maybe more distant goal of making a massive success with this business, retiring early, and then doing a lot of travel to kind of mm-hmm. link it back to the travel conversation. But beyond the immediate business goals and maybe the distant travel goals, I know that there's really nothing yeah. else. Well, I think that's important because um, a lot of really successful entrepreneurs, they have that laser focus. Mm. And um, I remember listening to a podcast um, <laughs> where um, pe- where someone that worked for Elon Musk was actually talking about how he, how he works. And the reason that he is so, um, so able to do so many things is that when he's working at Tesla, he's laser focused on that exact problem and then when he's at spacex he's a laser focused on that problem and same with the boring company and same with Neuralink. and he completely focuses on the problem at hand so i think yeah having that laser focus is probably going to be a, a great thing i'm no elon musk but uh <laughs> oh, don't sell yourself short mate <laughs> he's an extraordinary entrepreneur and uh, I, I suppose it's good to hear that if if he's focusing then I, I guess maybe that's something that i'm doing right fantastic well it's been great to have you on the podcast what's the best way for people to get in contact with you um go to the website find our contact details there or you can email me nick at hunter and scribe.com nick from hunter and scribe thank you guys so much for listening to the podcast been great to chat to nick this is the blacklist session stay tuned we've got some really interesting guests coming up over the next few weeks uh, that are going to be delivering a lot of great business advice and who knows what else might pop Mm -hmm. up but uh thank you and stay tuned for the next episode